We are on Yevamus Tzadi Vav Amar Aleph 96a, and we are beginning a new Mishnah. This Mishnah will have two parts to it. The first part is somewhat related to what we've been discussing until now, basically, uh, witnesses testifying about the death of a spouse, and then, and then uh, the husband marries, uh, specifically in our Mishnah, the case where uh, witnesses say that the wife passed away, and then the husband marries the wife's sister. So we'll get to that. Uh, we discussed that in the last Mishnah. We'll discuss another type of scenario in this coming Mishnah. And then the second part of the Mishnah uh, discusses what happens if there is a child who is a Yavam, who is the brother-in-law, a uh, child meaning a minor, under the age of 13, above the age of 9, uh, so what happens in a case of Yibam in that scenario? So that we will discuss as the second half of the Mishnah. But let's begin the Mishnah. Amrulo Mesa Ishtacha. If witnesses said that your that a person's wife passed away. And then he marries uh, the follow. He's going to be marrying five people in total, five women. And so there's first uh, the first wife, and then he marries... The wife passed away, so he marries his wife's half-sister. Half-sister meaning uh, they're sisters from their father's side. So you're, you're not allowed to in general, but because the wife already passed away, so now he's allowed to marry his wife's half-sister. Mesa, then witnesses said that she died, the second wife died, and then he goes and he marries the second wife's half-sister on the mother's side. And this is important because this means that Wife one and wife three are not at all related in any way, shape, or form, right? Because uh, their only connection is wife two. Wife two was the half-sister of wife one from the father's side. Uh, Wife three is the half-sister with wife two on the mother's side. So they're not related at all. And then we're going to have a total of five. So then she dies, Mesa. Venasa chosamevia. Mesa venasa chosamima. So, and then she dies, wife number three dies, or at least witnesses say that she died, and he marries uh, the half-sister from the father's side, and then wife number four, they say she dies, and marries the half-sister from the mother's side. So essentially, one and two are related, because they're half-sisters, two and three are related, three and four are related, four and five are related, however, one, three, and five are not related, and two and four are not related. And what happens it was it was all made up. All five are really alive. All five are alive. So we said in the previous Mishnah that if uh, it's a case where witnesses say that the that the wife passed away, so then if she comes back, you are allowed to stay married to her. So are, are you allowed to stay married to all of them? You can't stay married to all of them because uh, one is related to two, two is related to three. So who are you allowed to stay married to? So the Mishnah says, um, the case is essentially where uh, the halacha, the law is essentially where she, you're allowed to stay married to one, three, and five, but you're not allowed to stay married to two and four because the first one was the first wife. The second one is not recognized as a marriage because it's your wife's half sister. It's not even recognized as a marriage. So you can't be married, you're not even married to two. Um, so since you're not married to two, you are allowed to be married to three. You can't be married to four, but you could be married to five. So you're married. So you stay married to one, three, and five. Wives one, three, and five, but you are not married to two and four. 
And in addition to that, if uh, when it comes to 135, let's say the ones that you're married to, if you pass away and it's a situation of Yibam, you didn't have any children, and therefore the three wives now have to do Yibam or Chalitza with the brother-in-law, so doing Yibam with one would exempt uh, the others. But that is not the case with two and four, because two and four are not married. We don't view them as married. They were never married. Uh, they had sexual relations, but they were never married. Now, if, let's say, the first wife was really not alive, really died, and you married uh, the second wife, who is a half-sister, it's a half-sister from the father's side, and then witnesses say that she died, same exact case, except that all of them come back except for the first one. The first one is really not alive. So then you're allowed to stay married to two and four. You're allowed to stay married to two and four because two was recognized as a marriage. She came back. She was the earliest marriage that was recognized as a marriage. You cannot stay married to, to wife number three because that's a half-sister. You could stay married to wife number four because wife number four is not related in any way to wife number two. But you cannot stay married, it's not recognized even as a marriage, to wife number five or number three. So you could stay married to wife number two and number four, but not... Uh, you don't even have to get divorced. It's not recognized as marriage to wife number three and number five. That is the end of the first half of the Mishnah. There is the second half of the Mishnah, but I just want to read one line of the Gemara because there's only one line of the Gemara, so we'll skip to the Gemara with regards to this first half. The Gemara says, When it says in the Mishnah, in the second half of this part of the Mishnah, that uh, if the first t- first wife dies, it doesn't mean that witnesses say that she died. It means that we actually know that she died. We know with certainty that she died, not just based on witnesses. She never came back, and we know that she that she died. So then you're allowed to stay married to two and four, and you're not allowed to stay married to wives three and five. Okay, that is the end of the first half of the Mishnah. The rest of the Mishnah discusses a totally, totally different topic, a new topic, uh, and this has to do with. Uh, Halakhically, a nine-year-old boy is viewed as having the ability to have sexual relations. Now, they are not allowed to get married. Their marriage is not recognized as a marriage. There are various reasons why their marriage is not recognized as a marriage, either because they don't have sufficient intent because they're a minor um, or because they don't have the ability to perform uh, legal transactions or legal changes. Uh, It could be just because the Torah says explicitly that it has to be an ish, or in different contexts, different, different verses say it has to be an ish, a, a man as opposed to a minor. So a minor is not allowed to get married. It's not recognized uh, as a marriage. However, uh, what happens if you have a nine-year-old boy between the ages of nine and 13? So he's not yet an adult, halachic adult, but he's of the age where we recognize it as sexual relations. What does it mean that we recognize it as sexual relations? It means as follows. It means let's say you have a married woman who has committed adultery with uh, you know, God forbid, with a, uh, a boy between the ages of 9 and 13, so then that is recognized as adultery, and she would, be, she would be punished for that as such, because it's recognized as having sexual relations. If it's below the age of 9, so halakhically it's not recognized as having uh, performed sexual relations, and so therefore it wouldn't be viewed as adultery. Um, so it is recognized as sexual relations, but they don't have the ability to get married. But what about in a case where uh, he is the brother-in-law, meaning his brother, who was an adult, was married. 
So we have Ruvain and Rachel are married, and and Shimon, the brother, is nine years old. So Ruvain dies without any children. Uh, Rachel is his wife. They die without any children. So the law is that either Rachel um, does Yibam with one of Ruvain's brothers, or she does Chalitza. And one of the brothers is Shimon, who is under the age of 13. He's between 9 and 13. So could he do Yibam? Could he not do Yibam? So before we even see the mission itself, just a little bit of an introduction uh, or explanation, this is, we will see that it is somewhat recognized as accomplishing something if this nine-year-old were to perform Yibam. Now there's, a different, there's different opinions as to whether this works on a biblical level or only on a rabbinic level. Now there are some opinions that say that this works on a biblical level, which means biblically Yibam does work. How could it work? We just said that a, a minor cannot accomplish any form of marriage. So the truth is that the reason why this is different when it comes to Yibam is because in a regular marriage that requires both parties who have no relationship whatsoever to uh, connect and, and create a marriage. In this case, the Torah is telling us that there's already this Zika, this Zika, this connection between the sister-in-law and the brother-in-law is created by the Torah. It's, it happens automatically through the Torah. It's not being done initiated by this nine-year-old boy, but it's being initiated by the Torah. As such, there's room to say that it would work on a biblical level. However, others are of the opinion that, no, this is only on a rabbinic level. It doesn't work on a biblical level. It only works on a rabbinic level. If it works on a biblical level, uh, so then we will see also that even though it works completely on a biblical level, but the rabbis decided to sort of take it down a notch and say that even though it works, but will be stringent to view this as mimer. So just to review what mimer is, mimer is, again, yibam and chalitza are, are on a biblical level for a regular case, uh, which is, means to, to get married through sexual relations is yibam, or some form of a divorce is chalitza. Now, on a rabbinic level, we said that if you do mimer, which is a form of an engagement by giving a ring, um, getting engaged, which is in a regular case is through giving a ring or through a document, uh, a marriage document, really an engagement document. So in such a case, if it was in the context, if it was outside the context of Yibam, that would be viewed as an engagement. If it's within the context of Yibam, that's not what's necessary and what doesn't accomplish anything on a biblical level, but it does accomplish something on a rabbinic level. The rabbi said that it's uh, recognized on a rabbinic level. You still have to do Yibam, uh, but it's recognized on a rabbinic level, similar to giving the actual divorce document. It's also recognized on a rabbinic level. So, uh, we are going to say that even if you are of the opinion that it works on a biblical level, but the rabbi said, you know what, we'll take it down a notch and say we're only going to view it as mamar. We'll only recognize it as a rabbinic form of yibam, and therefore more has to be done, i.e. Uh, wait until this uh, nine-year-old boy becomes an adult, and then they could finish the process to uh, complete the yibam. Um, but until, they're, until, they're, until the, the, this minor is 13 years old, so then it would only be recognized on a rabbinic level, they had this stringency to say, you know what, even though on a biblical level it's viewed as complete yibum, we are going to take it down a notch. So let's see, let's see the Mishnah inside. Ben If you have a nine-year-old boy who's one of the brothers-in-law, so he's Shimon, he's nine years old, you have another brother-in-law, a Levi, who's older than 13. So who postal al yado? So when he does yibum, when he attempts to do yibum, so he disqualifies all the other brothers from getting involved. 
Because we had a concept that once one brother is involved, none of the other brothers could, even if it doesn't complete the Yibam, none of the other brothers could get involved. Uh, additionally, if any of the other brothers, if Levi, let's say, uh, attempts to do Ma'amar, uh, which is the giving the ring, or actual Yibam sexual relations, it disqualifies uh, Shimon from ever getting involved because once one brother is involved, the other brother can't get involved. But there is a difference between the two. Because, <coughs> because his, excuse me, his Yibam, uh, his attempt to do Yibam disqualifies the brother only if he's the one who initiated. He did the, the first uh, act uh, of, of doing something with the, with the, with the sister-in-law. Uh, but if it was second, let's say the brothers did something first, one of the brothers, let's say Levi, did Mamar first, and then the nine-year-old boy, Shimon, does attempts to do Yibam, so then that is, not, that is not recognized. It's only if he does something in the beginning, but not if one of the brothers already did something, so then we will not recognize it. We'll see that in the Gemara, we sort of uh, change our stance on this, that uh, the Mishnah had to be, well, there was something missing in the Mishnah, so we had to uh, rephrase it, so we're not going to delve into this too much because we'll see that it's going to change in the Gemara. Kate said, what's the case? If he is nine-year-old Shimon, uh, does Yibam have sexual relations with the sister-in-law with Rachel, so then all the other brothers are disqualified now. But what happens? However, if afterwards, even though the brothers can't do it, but if they do anyways, they they do mimer, they give uh, a ring, not sexual relations, but giving a ring, or they give a divorce document, or they do chalitza, so that then in turn disqualifies the first brother who was under the age of 13 from what he did. Because the, the older brothers, uh, by doing something, so then they sort of disqualified the first brother who initiated uh, the Yibam process. Okay, so let's see, let's see the Gemara here. Is it really true that when you have a nine-year-old boy who attempts to do Yibam, it only works if he is the first one involved, the first brother involved. But if he's, if one of the other brothers were involved, what he does is meaningless. Is that really true? says it's not true that if the nine-year-old came second, then he did Maimar. Um, or even if he did Yibam, if he did, if he attempted to do Yibam after one of the brothers did Ma'amar, so then the nine-year-old boy does disqualify the other brothers, even if he came second, even if one of the other brothers who was older than 13 started the process of Ma'amar, of a rabbinic form of an engagement with the sister-in-law, if he comes second, so then it accomplishes something. So the Gemara says, Amri, be a pasal Ma'amar Essentially, with the Gemara, and this is really the conclusion of the Gemara, we're going to have a whole back and forth, but this is, the conclusion will remain the same. Essentially, if the nine-year-old boy does ma'amar, does the rabbinic form of engagement, which is usually viewed as rabbinic form of engagement, even if, even if the brother-in-law was older than nine, was older than 13, if he does that first, it's, it's halakhically recognized. This is all on a rabbinic level. It's recognized. If he does it second, it's not recognized. But if he does Actual Yibam, it's recognized even if he did something after one of the other brothers uh, performed something on a rabbinic level. So if one of the other brothers did Ma'amar, so then if the nine-year-old boy now had, does actual Yibam, so then that is halakhically recognized. Uh, 
uh, again, um, on a, on a, this is the ramifications after the rabbinic level is taken into account. So the Gemara then asks, well, this doesn't fit with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that even Yibam they can't do second. So the Gemara says, you have to reread the Mishnah. You have to, so there was something missing. And essentially, you have to reread the Mishnah to say as follows. The same thing we've been saying until now. This is the conclusion. The nine-year-old boy could do ma'amar, could do a rabbinic form of an engagement with the sister-in-law if he's first. But if any of the other brothers already did something, ma'amar is not going to help. The rabbi said ma'amar won't help. But to do yibam, if he attempts to do yibam, to, to actually complete the yibam, so that would help whether or not he's first or second. So the Gemara says, I understand. How can we say, the Gemara asks, how can we say that the nine-year-old boy could accomplish something? Again, all of this is on a rabbinic level, so there's not a tremendous amount to analyze here. But the nine-year-old boy is recognized, his ma'amar, his rabbinic engagement is recognized. How can we say that? But we have a bracer that says that all he could do is one thing. The only thing he could do is yibam. He cannot give a divorce document. He cannot do chalitza. He cannot uh, do ma'amar. That the other the brothers that are older than thirteen could do. The only thing he could do is yibam. So seemingly he cannot do ma'amar. So the Gemara answers as follows: No, bia the pasul bein b'tchile bein b'sof psikale ma'amar the b'tchile pasul b'sof lo pasul lo psikale. The list here is only discussing a list of things that the brother who's under the age of thirteen, between nine and thirteen, could do throughout the process. Whether he's the first one or whether one of the other brothers did something on a rabbinic level and then he does yibam. Only when it comes to Yibam, actual Yibam, that nine-year-old boy could accomplish something, whether it's first or whether after one of the brothers already did something only on a rabbinic level. So then he could go ahead and do something. If one of the other brothers did actual Yibam, so then, then we're done always. We're always just done. That, that was the Yibam that took place. But if one of the other brothers did Ma'amar, let's say, a rabbinic form of Yibam, so then if the, the brother who's under the age of 13 does Yibam, so then that's recognized. So when we say one, he can only do one thing, it means whether it's first or second. But he could still do ma'amar, he just can only do ma'amar first. We have all these different sources that prove this idea that a nine-year-old boy, he does have, there is halachic significance on a rabbinic level to, let's say, not just uh, ma'amar, not just to giving a ring, but even uh, giving a divorce document that's recognized. So all of that is recognized. So the Gemara says, I understand. One of, the, one of the sources that we quoted before was from Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds that a nine-year-old boy who gives a divorce document that's actually recognized on a rabbinic level. Rabbi Meir Omer Asu Chalitas Ben Keget Begadol. Vim Isa Lisni Kigito. The we have a Bryce, so the first opinion says that if the nine-year-old boy has Bia, has sexual relations, performs Yibam, it's equivalent to Mamar. It only works on a rabbinic level, or it works on a biblical level, but the rabbis reduced it to just uh, Mamar, like Mamar, which is only works on a rabbinic level. That's the first opinion. Rav Meir says 
not just that, but the chalitza that the nine-year-old boy does, the, the, the chalitza, which is the form of divorce, it works as if he gave a get as an adult. So the Gemara says, what do you mean it's as if he gave a get, a divorce document, as an adult? He could even give a divorce document as a child. It works on a rabbinic level, even at the same age that he's at, at nine years old. Whether he does chalitza or whether he gives a get, it's all the same. So, Amr Huna Bridge of Yeshua, Islev No, he could give a get also. He could give a divorce document, the actual divorce document, but there's a difference. It's uh, giving a divorce document as a minor has various differences than giving a divorce document as an adult. Even though they both only work on a rabbinic level, but there are differences. What are those differences? It depends. If you hold like Rabbi Gamliel or if you hold like the Rabbanon. We had a whole discussion many weeks ago, many months ago. A dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the rabbis. What happens if one brother gives a divorce document, then another brother gives a divorce document? Is the second brother's divorce document recognized according to halacha, because it's only on a rabbinic level? Or similarly, um... Uh, the Rabbi, so that's the case. So Rabbi Gamliel says it's not recognized. What the second brother does is not recognized. The Rabbanon say it is recognized. So for Rabbi Gamliel, when he says it's not recognized, it's only not recognized if the two brothers we're talking about are either both adults above the age of 13 or both minors. But if the first one was a minor and the second one was an adult, surely we will, we will certainly recognize the adults vis-a-vis the minor. Uh, so it will be recognized even though he's second, but it will be recognized because he's an adult as opposed to the minor. Similarly, the Rabbanon, the rabbis, go against Rabbi Gamliel and they say that no, yesh get acher get. Uh, when one brother gives a divorce document, which is only recognized on a rabbinic level, once the second the second brother also gives a divorce document, it's also recognized according to halacha. That is also recognized. But when is it recognized? It only works if the two brothers are either both adults above the age of 13 or they're both minors. But if the second brother is a minor after the first brother already did, gave the gets, gave the divorce document, so then it's not recognized. What the katan does, what the minor does, is not recognized if the adult already did mimer. Essentially, just to conclude, uh, we finished Sadi Vav Manalf 96a, but essentially what's happening here is that this minor is able to do yibum, uh, might be working on a biblical level, might be working only on a rabbinic level, but either way, the rabbis certainly said that it's reduced to just a rabbinic form of yibum. Even if it works on a biblical level, they said that we'll treat it as if it's uh, uh, only working on, uh, as, as a rabbinic form of yibum. It's not, it's not complete. Um, that is with regards to yibum. Now, when it comes to mamar, with this, for the nine-year-old, for him to do mamar which is giving of a ring, not the actual yibum, but the giving of a ring. So that only works if he started before any of the other brothers did anything. But if any of the brothers who are above the age of 13 did something, then what he does uh, with regards to mamar or with regards to the giving of a get of a divorce document is not recognized at all. Um, Because the other brothers already did something and they're above the age of 13. Okay, on Sari of Bay is 96B. As we continue on and... Uh, are on our last page before the end of this chapter, this 10th chapter, which we've been dealing with for quite a while. We'll continue on with the next two Mishnayos, the last two Mishnayos 
the last two Mishnahs of this chapter.